Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Devils. 
uh, abruptly ending yet another season for, for the Rangers and disappointment. I, I like rooting for the Rangers when they're in the playoffs, so it's always disheartening when they get bounced out. Um, you know, the, the, the Devils' young team um, kind of looked like a young team early in the series, but once they, ha- you know, got settled in, you could just see they're the younger, better team. They're faster. Um, and the Rangers, you know, now head into the off season with a lot of questions. TP, I'll let you, you know, lament on your Rangers real quick, man. I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a, I can't lie, I'm a halfway fan. I don't, I'm not a big hockey guy. I like it in the playoffs, but you're the hockey guy. You're, you're, you're the real true blue uh, Rangers fan. So talk to me, man. What happened? Um, time. That that's what happened. The Rangers have actually been owning this. Uh, series for the past couple of seasons and this year that the Devils have played, they played well. So it's all it's already like time to tell that it got to a game seven where the Devils are like, we gotta overcome this because the Rangers have actually been having the upside in this matchup, whether it's regular season or in the postseason. So the days when Brodor was there, it was like they, they had their way with us and now that Brodor's gone, we've actually been stronger. But um I, I can't be mad at what the Rangers have done. They had a great season last year and had an electric regular season this year, and it's an unfortunate situation that not only – I don't want to say they're old. The Rangers are young themselves. It's just that mm-hmm. in certain situations, speed kills, especially Igor, and, and Igor is a good goalie. I, I can't take that away from him. But um, for them to get shut out a, a couple of times, it, it's interesting in itself that the Rangers could go home and score. And then the crazy part is the first two games in New Jersey, they won. So it's like – Y'all know what it takes to go into this environment and win. Y'all know how big this bridge is. That bridge separates Manhattan and, and Newark and, and, you know, being in the Prudential Center. So I, I know how big the situation is for Jersey to try to overcome it. So I, I got to tip my hat to the Devils. As much as I've always wanted to just continue to keep beating them, it's kind of like how, how do I say it, from like the, the 30s to 2004, how the Yankees always had the up on the Red Sox and, you know, Pedro was like, well, help me beat these dudes because I'm going to have to call them daddy. And then they finally got it. And it's like, okay, well, now, I, you know, you want to see 100 years of it instead of 86. You know, so I, I get it, you know. But the fan of me is like, hell no, I don't want it to happen. But respectfully, the, the devil did their thing and moved on to the next round. But uh, I just want to see the Rangers come back stronger. And Igor's going to have to show himself, especially with getting the addition to Kane. I want them to keep as much of the pieces that they have as possible. But that's the one thing about the Rangers from – the last time they had a huge amount of success was, I think, 2014 when they lost in the Stanley Cup to the Kings. They lost a lot of pieces from that run, and and I don't want that turnover to happen again because we lost some pieces from last year from getting to the Eastern Conference Final to this year right now getting bumped in the first round. But it was a game seven. But this isn't the only team that had an upset in a game seven early in the first round. The Bruins, the best team in yeah, hockey, get to that too. bumped too. So it's like this is happening. Like like That's what I like about yeah. sports right now. In the face of, oh, this is the favorite, this is the underdog. Like, no, there's parity everywhere, and an underdog could beat you. You know, so it's, it's, I, I like this day and age of sports. Like, nobody gives up. Everybody on the team means something. And I do have to give the Devils their credit for how they were able to come out and be successful up against the Rangers, even though I did not want to see that. I definitely didn't want to see a shutout because one thing about the Rangers, especially in big games, if they're down two goals, it, they, it, it's, it's just an aura. It's an aura about them. They, they won't come back or something. It's, it's just like that. And, and I didn't think that they wouldn't be able to score a goal, but for them to get shut out too, it's like 
They have to crack that. They got to get past that somehow, somewhere. I love that team too much, and um, it's unfortunate. And, you know, the other team that I do watch closely, well, not closely, from afar, but uh, my heart is there, is the Hurricanes because that's the old Whalers. But it's like they, they've been able right. to bring back more Stanley Cups than the Rangers have, and that's the real Connecticut team. So, but nevertheless, yeah. man, I'm, I'm real talking about the bridge series between the, the Devils and the Rangers. And I'm, I'm really aggravated, but I'm, I'm, you know, content with the way this went down. And I'll see them next year. Yeah, listen, I, I didn't give the Devils much of a chance. And, you know, that's, you know, an error on my part. I mean, you know, like I said, you said it's just speed kills. And I underestimated this guy. I thought the youth would kind of show through. And if it wasn't a quick series, I felt like if it went longer and the Rangers had to because they were down uh, early in this series, um, you know, the speed was going to catch up to them. You know, they made a lot of moves at the deadline, um, which left them, you know, with not a lot of options in the offseason. I don't think they have a lot of cap space. I think they got maybe four or five million in cap space. So um, I don't even know if they can run this team back because they brought, you know, brought in some expiring contracts or what have you or, or however it played out. So, I, I don't know. I it's it's like they're always the bridesmaid, never the bride, and it's always kind of frustrating when you know I see them in the playoffs making a run that we just always come up short to a team that's probably a little bit better. But to see it in the first round is just completely frustrating. But I mean, to your point, I wanted to talk about the Bruins real quick, and then we'll we'll, we'll uh, bounce around. But I I kind of called it. I think we talked about it before the playoffs started, and you didn't, you know. I, I talked to a friend of mine uh, who's a big Brewers fan up north, and, you know, he was like, no, nah, no doubt, man. We're going all the way. This is the team. This is the year. And I'm like, listen, man, in hockey, I don't know very much, but I do know that teams that get all the points or have the best records or break these kind of win records, they don't do well in the playoffs. And I was proven right yet again. Record-breaking year for the Bruins, the most points or the most wins um, in regular season history, bounced out in the first round, uh, a 4-3 loss in overtime. Um, you know, to your point, to, to, um, excuse me, to the Panthers, Florida Panthers, I've been, I actually been to that, uh, that stadium in Sunshine, so, uh, Sunshine, uh, Florida. So, um, it's crazy, man. It's really crazy that, a 65-win team uh, is packing up and going home early, TP. I don't know if you caught in that game or what have you or that series, but, I mean, do, do you just have a quick come idea on, of what on, we're Come on, come on, come on, come on. I'm <laughs> telling you about it. Come on, come on. I'm telling you about it. Um, yes, and this is the crazy part because, you know, we live in the New England area, right? So I'm right, actually right. sitting at a bar. I'm at, I'm at Capitol mm-hmm. Grill, sitting at a bar. It didn't even know where I was. Like, I'm I'm in downtown Stanford watching the game, but I'm not thinking that I'm in New England. I'm sitting at a bar with a, a, a friend, just me and a friend, and that, there's a whole bunch of people behind us, right? Mm-hmm. So the score is one nothing. Then the mm-hmm. second goal happened, and I'm like, just like I told you, I like the, the fact that the underdog favorite. I'm like, Florida might pull off the unthinkable, but it's a lot of game left, right? And I just heard a guy behind me suck his teeth crazy. I'm like, uh-oh. I forgot where I was. It's New England, so it's Boston around us, right? Boston right. scored that first goal. They all It was like 10 of them went crazy. I'm like, uh-oh. So I'm quiet. The second goal happened, <laughs> I just, and it's, it's, it's the second period with a lot of time. I'm like, 
Florida can't withstand it. This is just too much time. I was like, they in Boston, and the Bruins are that good. I'm like, they should be able to nail this. It's 2-2, and they push it all the way to OT. And um, No, 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 and then they scored the third goal. That's what happened. Okay, so they, they scored the third goal. It's 3-2, and I'm like, what do they do? I'm like, the Bruins are going to slide out of the back door with this. Seconds are left on the clock. They score that third goal with seconds left, so it's 3-3. They go on OT, and I'm still like, Boston should be able to get out of this. Florida's a uh, uh, sunshine state. They they don't play hockey. They're not used to cold. They're not used to ice. And the guys that are behind me, they are not watching the game. They they I feel to myself, I feel like they thought they had the game in the bag, right? Listen to this, right? right? The OT's going. He goes around the back of the, um, the pipes. He scores. I said, oh, crap, he hit it. They all said, what? And then they turned around, and Florida was jumping around. They said, Jesus Christ, yo, they bought to start throwing forks, everything. I turned around, and it was like, <laughs> they, was in, it was like they was in Florida themselves with hands hands on the back of their head, like stretching out like I can't yeah. believe this happened. It was just stunning myself because I didn't think the Panthers would win that game. I honestly thought Boston would get out of this. But the one thing about it is like this. I feel like it's a cardinal sin in the NHL to give that president cup out. Don't give that out to no team, period. I guess I don't even know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. Like, give it out at the end of the season or something? Because as soon as they get rid of the regular season, they say, well, this team won the president cup, they're the best team in hockey, they lose all the time. It don't matter who it is, we're West, Western Conference, Eastern Conference, you win that president cup, you are going to get shot, like, period. I, I don't I don't care who it is. Man, I think the Avalanche may have been the only team to shake it, but everybody else goes down somehow, somewhere. It's tough. It's it's really tough. And just to hear that bar go from silent to electric to, like, church mouth silent, I'm, I looked at my friend. I'm like, Adam, we got to go. Like, it just left. And, and they were they were talking a little bit to me, like, after the, the fourth goal was hit. But it was like walking out, it was like, I didn't even want to, like, say anything because I knew how mad they were, extremely mad sitting up in that bar. And that's just the love of the sport. That's just the essence of being a fan. Like, if you win, every you're on top of the world. You lose, you don't want to be bothered. You you're Like, your family can bother you. Like, you, it's tough. It's tough. If you're a real fan, if you're a real diehard, I know what you're going through. I, I, I've been through it too many times, too many teams, every sport. I know yeah. it. And just watching it, like, I, I can tell you the truth. Like, I love my Rangers, but hockey's the least one I support, you know what I mean, out of all of the major sports. But I still love my team, you know. And just watching those guys right. be in the same scenario, it's like, uh, and, and I'm up here looking at it like I'm in the same boat. You know, like, I didn't want to see the Rangers yeah. lose because the Rangers were playing the next day. I'm like, let me shut up. Let me not gloat about it because I feel like it's <laughs> an underdog. Put the energy on you, right? <laughs> Right, no, no, because I did want to see the, uh, the Panthers pull it off. I was, I was like, I want to see the Panthers do it, but they didn't hear me right. say that part. But when they did it, I'm like, don't say nothing to them because I don't know not one of these guys that's over here. And it's like twelve of them that are in the back of this, uh, the restaurant setting. If you if you know what I'm talking about, the Capitol, you'll see what I'm talking right, about. Right, right, right. Those situation out, I'm like, oh man, and I'm just walking out like <laughs> it was church, like like and the preacher was still preaching. So I'm up here like, <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. I felt bad, oh, man. man, but it, it happens, man. And that was my karma because the next day the Rangers lost Game Seven too. So I'm like, I, I know what it means, man. Right. I know, I know what it is. And uh, one of my coworkers was hitting me up. He said, 
You know what happened? He said, because he's a Bruins fan, he said, that fourth goal scored, I went straight outside no coat and walked around for an hour in the rain. I'm like, oh, no. He's like, yeah, man, I had to pull off. I'm like, you're walking around in the freaking rain? Like, I'm, this is what I'm going to do to you. I'm, I'm telling you, I love it. I love it, man. The, 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 the thrill of victory, the agony defeat, you got triumph, right. I'm telling you. Right, and it's like, um, like if it, I, 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 when you said that, I'm like thinking that that Ghostface song that that didn't make Supreme clientele in the rain, right? <laughs> remember that? You remember that right, track? It right, like a, right. It was like a European, um, European release by the In the Rain, like you know, like that's something. <laughs> but like, no, it's like when I when I knew that when I heard that game was going into overtime, I was like, I gotta watch the game because I flipped it, and then I was like. The Bruins are going to lose this game. I was like, it, you know how it is. It's overtime. Like, one goal, right. that's it. And I'm like, I just, like, I had a bad feeling, brother. You know what I mean? Like, you just felt like, dude, they're going to blow this game. Man. I thought I thought the Bruins were they too they strong and they fast. That's the one thing about the Bruins. They, they are, like, brutally strong, all of them across the board, right. and they got speed. But the one thing about it, I don't know if people heard this story, the goalie was playing on a, a severely injured hip, but they wouldn't put the backup oh, in. Wow. See, that's what, that's what, that's what, yeah, that's what gets me with coaches. Like, coaches know that they got yeah. the goalie that's been the heart of the team because the goalie really is the heart of the team, and they don't want him to right. miss a minute, second, day. It's like, man, that could cost us if he really is hurting. And that was the same thing right. that happened, in, and I keep bringing up 2014, but the same thing that happened in 2014, <laughs> Cam Talbot was so good that he got us the President mm-hmm. Cup. The Rangers was the best team of hockey, ran all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals, and then they put Henrik back into the goal. I'm like, come on. No, no. Just because you're giving him $30 million on me, he got to go back there. We lost 4-1. Like, it was like, why? Why? Yeah. We were electric hot. Like, and, and knowing that the coach was like, well, Henrik is the face of the team, we're going to put him there. So the goalie for the Bruins, they had him there. So it's like they wanted to win off of his back, and it cost him. But just to see – his, you can't really see his face because he had the the uh, helmet mask on. You could tell that right. team was going to console him because he gave up the goal and he was hurting like emotionally, but you know physically too he's hurting. So it's like it, it it's tough. It, it's tough to be in that scenario in sports, man. And, and um, like being on that side, you know, like saying I, if I was on the loser side of it, it's like man, I want to see my guy out there, but I don't want to see it hurt the team, like. As much as an injured player can hurt us, I don't want to see him out there. But then you think about, like, he's the heart of the team and people feed off of him if he does get a good glove so uh, save or something like that. So it, it's a thin line. It's a real thin line in that scenario. Right. I mean, to me, like, you got to go with the hot hand, right, the hot goalie. But, um, yeah, I agree with you. It's just – it's it, I just I just felt – I had a bad feeling about it. And it's a shame because, you know, they are – you know, a good team, and, and they just don't get that chip. And we've seen it a lot in other sports. We've seen it, you know, I remember the the Mariners in 01 losing to my Yankees. That was the, probably the best team. I think they win that World Series if they get by the Yankees. Yankees just are a veteran team that had experience, right? Um, you see it with the Patriots. Um, that was a great feeling because, you know, my Giants beat them. But, you know, the, the um, Warriors – the 73 win team. So, you know, we've seen it, man. You know, it's, it's not uncommon. And, you know, we see it in basketball this year with the one seed going down. So I definitely want to get into that too, a little bit, and then we'll move into the second round. But calling number is always nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine. love talking hockey with TP because TP got that, TP got that perspective on it that, you know, I just don't get from other people. I, I know a lot of like, 
I know my 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 old roommate's a Devil fan, so he was all about it. And then my buddies from school are Bruins fans, so they all miserable. And I answered my calls. You know how it is, TV. They don't they don't return your calls. They don't know you. You know, <laughs> it's all good. It's just a week ago, they like JD they said, you know. They <laughs> they know you gonna rub it in. That's like okay, so that's like I can I can no, sit up here talking about. No, I want to talk. No, no, no. But that's like that's, that's like them trying to call you about how the Yankees falling apart. The Yankees are skimming the bottom of the AL East. You wouldn't want to talk yeah. about that, Rick. You gonna leave that alone? You gonna cover every other topic except how bad the Yankees are playing? You see what I'm saying? Like, we, you, you see, you know, I can go in all day though. I can go in. I can huh? go in all day. I don't want to take up well, the whole show. Talking well, about set set it off. Talk about the Yankees right now. Talk about it, man. All right, we'll get, it, we'll get into it real quick. Real quickly, uh, Cashman came out today and talking basically the state of the Yankees. Uh, Yankees um, got a win last night. Um, they're on TV. Right. They're on uh, Amazon Prime. Not watching Amazon Prime because I, you know, I'm not flipping. Not playing right. good baseball. Half the team is hurt. Um, Rendon um, damaged goods again. This is what Cashman does. Goes shopping at the bottom of the barrel. Um, you know, goes, you know, instead of going to Whole Foods or Trader Joe's, he goes to the, you know, the bum, the bum spot on the street with the, the rotten apples and tomatoes and gets Rendon. And this guy is, is got a back issue and still can't get over the hump of quote unquote, uh, judges hurt, Stanton's hurt, everybody's hurt. Um, you know, it's like the, the microcosm of the season is, you know, they get a good start from Herman goes into the ninth. Gives up one hit. Aaron Boone looks at his, his handbook, um, managers for dummies, says, oh, I got to take him out of the game, and then brings in a guy that hasn't pitched well in over, over a year and Clay Holmes, who's supposed to be our closer, and he pisses the game away. This is the Yankees for the season, right? So um, they've been hard to watch. They've been miserable to watch. Uh, blowing leads, can't score runs. When they get pitching, they still can't win. Uh, it's embarrassing. Uh, at the bottom of the, the AL East, at, to your point right now. So uh, I don't, I, I don't know if you want to talk about. It. I really, you know, that's. Yeah, they got they got to weather the storm, right? They're, you know, you can't blame the injuries because the guys that are there aren't performing, right? I mean, really, I don't want to put it all on one guy, and I hate to say it's all Boone's fault, but Boone just follows the script, and it's just like, dude. Can you manage with your gut, like you know, like Dusty Baker does, or or, or Buck Showalter would do? I mean, come on, man. But I mean, you know, it, it's it's a lot of everything going bad at once. Clay Holmes, he wasn't a closer last year. You didn't address the bullpen, and you you brought him back, and he's he's doing nothing. Luizica has got uh, he's he's injured. You got another um, Trevino's got the Tommy John. I mean, it's ridiculous, but Clay Holmes is not a closer. This guy needs to be off the team, along with Aaron Hicks. I'm sick of looking at him. It's it's just a bad – it's just a bad – it's just bad. Hopefully it's, just, it's the first month to get it out of the way, but who knows, man. It's just terrible right now, TP. See, and, and I get it, right? You, you try to drown the situation, but I get it. Look. Just like you said, it's the next man up. That Yankees team spent a ton of money on that that roster. Regardless right. of the situation, they got a big payroll. These guys should be able to come in there and produce. The one thing that's hurting the Yankees is the pitching staff ain't as electric as it should be. That is still like the Achilles heel of the situation. It ended up costing them. I, I get it. Right. They wanted Maine to keep going, which he should have been able to keep going, and they tried to put it all on Boone. I get it. Josh Donaldson has not been there yet. Um 
having to deal with Stanton and all his injury issues, they knew about this. They knew Stanton continues to get injured, especially putting the money in front of him. This is this is a question. And um, the game that Judge got hurt was against the Twins, and he did that himself the way he slid in the third base. You see, he didn't have no yeah, form. Yeah. For him to be that involved into the game, $400 million, he don't know how to slide head first. Like, he did that. Like, mm-hmm. that, that wasn't the team. Like, so – they got to survive the storm as best as they possibly can. Like, they, there are names on that roster that can provide hits. And uh, the pitching is the Achilles heel. And, and me being the fan, it's like, yeah, I want to see them struggle. Get out of it. Stop crying. Like, you guys have been pummeling people with the bats of death for years. Like, now there's a, a, a chink in the armor, and you're crying about that? In the words of Tom Hanks, there's no crying in baseball. Get it together. Boston had to survive this situation, and they're fighting for the bottom of the division with you guys right now, but Boston somehow is playing well. You guys are fighting tooth and nail right now with the Guardians, where I need you guys to win that game because they are right behind the Twins in the Central. But the, the Twins are going through the same thing, and i got to fight through it. Just like yesterday, Joe Ryan has been one of the best pitchers in the major leagues. Forget just the American League. He has the best ERA. No, no, no. Sonny Gray got the best ERA. But he was, a, Gray. I think, he was he was he was gonna yeah Sonny Gray has the best ERA, but Joe Ryan hey, was gonna be the first pitcher in like the you know the Twins history in a long time to have the first six starts go six and zero. He's up one nothing, mm-hmm. shutting the door on the White Sox. Here go Rocco Baldelli, pull him. The White Sox win. It's like stop pulling him out early, yeah. thinking it's okay. If it's a one nothing game, that means they can't wait to see the next pitcher because they can't handle what's in front of them right now. So I get it, like. Managers overmanage at the same day. But the thing about the Twins is, is, like, they have a – I don't even want to say decent, but they just have a lead. They have a lead on the Guardians to be like, okay, like, we just got to make sure we stay on top of the situation in the standings. But that's the Twins. They'll end up getting caught and, and have to fight their way, or they could go wire to wire and do this thing. But, again, it's like I'm, I'm not going to sit there blaming on injury, so on and so forth, because we missing people. And um, – Busted is just the DH because they don't want to put him in the field because that's how he continues to get hurt year after year, chasing balls into that wall and and he'll catch something and then next you know hit his leg on the wall and he's out for time. That knee has still been bothering him and as much money they put into Carlos Correa, Carlos Correa ain't been able to provide the the power that we've been able to see. So things do happen, but you got to be able to survive the storm. And the Yankees, we're not used to seeing this stuff happen, especially with the names that they do have. But this isn't the powerful team that we're used to seeing from. I want to say uh, two to four years back, the Yankees compared to right now, this Yankees team looked like it could fall into the 1980s Yankees where it was, you know, <laughs> Donnie baseball and, and Barfield and them and nothing else. So, so be careful, New York, because this, this could get bad as they approach the summer because everybody's coming to the Bronx to play them and win there. They're not scared of it anymore. Like, like this, this is a team that they get to catch the bully with his guard down. The bully is going to get bullied and, and they better turn this around Hopefully before the you know the injured guys come back. But right now, Judge is on the IL. They don't know when Stanton's gonna pop back up. Hopefully soon. Donaldson, the guy that they've been talking about getting ready to trade, he's still out there injured. Hicks is out there in the field and they can't really hit like they want to, and they keep him on the roster. So these are the things that Cashman and uh, Boone are gonna have to figure out whether they like it or not. Yeah, I mean, first of all, you're right. Judge, learn how to slide. Like, he's lucky that's all he hurt was his hip. Right, because it looked bad. Yeah, it looked like he's – I remember – you remember when Derek Jeter got hurt slide into third and he separated his shoulder? That's what I thought happened. I'm like, what the hell was that? You know what I mean? So, right. he's lucky that's all that happened. But, 
Yeah, listen, I, I want to double-click real uh, – not double-click, but I mean, I totally agree with you on the um, on the whole idea about um, managers over-managing. It's the analytics. Like, they look at this, the data and they say, oh, third time around, batting averages go up, blah, 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 like, I take them out. Like, you know, they don't pitch with their gut. Like, watch these guys, man. Use your eyes. You know, they ain't supposed to be just hazel. They're supposed to do some goddamn work around here. You know what I mean? Like, right, right, look, yeah. man, he's pitching. He's pitching well. Look, man, you know, it's drives me crazy. Um, I, I don't know, man. And, and Boone is, is you know, it's like it's like the, the Yankees are, in general are just this fake uh, like Ray, Tampa Bay Rays team, like with the analytics and trying to, you know, bottom feed and, and, you know, get these cheap guys, but they don't really have the infrastructure set up like Tampa Bay does. So they try to use the analytics. They try to use the, 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 the minor league system and, and all that, you know, like prospects. And stuff. And they, but you don't have the same dudes. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't know, man. Like I, a buddy of mine was texting me about it and, you know, I was like, they they're they they're too they're they've spent too much money to be like the Rays, but they're afraid to spend money like the Dodgers. Dodgers got their chip. What do you what are you afraid of? I don't I don't know. Like be who you are, pick one. Like you know what I mean? Like I don't know. I can't anymore. I, the I, one I thing that bothers me, the one thing the one thing that bothers me about it, and this is what happened yesterday in the Twins, and, and I'm sick of Rocco doing this. Is um I want to mm-hmm. see him get uh, give up a hit and get shell like not a home run but like a solid hit double or something like let that happen yeah. don't let it be like oh it's the bottom of the sixth and he got out of the inning um the top of the sixth or whatever and then they're looking at the seventh like oh we need him down the road yeah of course he's gonna get there but geez don't just pull him at the seventh and then just leave it to the bullpen seventh eighth and and have the closer do it stop that I'm tired of people being repetitive across the board doing that. Let's see people get complete games. Why could it only be Verlander that could do that? Like, Verlander's the only one that could go to whole nine. Like, other pitchers got that in them too. Like, and I, you got to see the interview after the game. Joe Ryan looking like, yeah, I trusted Rocco. He pulled me. You know, damn well, as soon as that camera go off and the reporter leave, he pissed off. Or somebody in front of him on the team, they like, yo, feel Joe, like, don't worry about it. He like, I know, I got to go with the manager. Skip to he pulled. Like, no, man, let that dude go out there and rock. Like, he want to get a no-hitter or – Complete game, two hitters. Complete game, three. Like that, add that to the resume. Like it's going. You gonna keep pulling me in the seventh to do what? So then, if we get into the postseason, let's say we get into September, October, we get into a game, and then I'm tired in the the seventh or eighth. I ain't never did it. Like let the guy get the experience. You, what do you get the training wheels off? All of you from Boone <laughs> to Baldelli, both of these B boys need to cut it out. And, and yeah. uh, but the good thing about the Twins, they're in a good situation at this point in time. I don't want to. You know, let karma come slap me around. I, I didn't want to do this the right way, but Baldelli, come on! Like even today, um, Tyler Malley, he's put on the IL, but they brought up um, a young a young player that actually pitched well against the Yankees the second game uh, in New York, which they won. I didn't think that he's gonna be able to do it, but um, they're experimenting with him against the White Sox, and the White Sox are like a, a vulnerable team, like. They they are not doing that well, but this is a division rivalry. Of course, they're going to play us well, and they do hit when they're ready. So it's like, and the game was, you know, tied a little while ago. And it's, it's just tough to watch these managers take these type of chances. It hurts the team at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and then I'm watching the match. Like, Scherzer just looks like he, he lost, like, five miles per hour off his fall. He didn't look like he looks like a shell of himself. He got he got hit around by the uh, Tigers today. So, um, 
yeah, it's just not it's just not looking good. But hey, you know, it's a long season, right? We'll get there. Um Yankees losing in the ninth, not surprised. Um but yeah, call number nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine T P timeless in the villain, cooking here at the cookout. Uh you wanna did did you get a chance? You wanna talk some draft? You wanna talk a little draft? Uh, oh, we could we could we could go. I mean, we could go our team for team because it's a lot to cover all of the teams. I mean, unless you want to go to certain yeah, picks, yeah. we can do that too. We do, we'll set it off. I yeah, probably you know, honestly, like we talked about it last night on the front office show Tuesdays nine o'clock, hosted by Aaron uh, Sirius Simmons and the villain himself. But um, we 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 talked about the, the the Detroit Lions, talked about the Giants and Steelers and stuff. You know, I mean, I kind of want to just get an overall arching view. Um, and then you could talk about your line because I know you want to talk about them, and I had some some opinions about their draft as well. But I mean, what teams do you think had a a, a really good draft? Like just you know off the top of your head, because I I mean I know I know what team like really had a good draft, and it really drove me crazy, which was the Philadelphia Eagles. But I mean, like what team you know or teams you think had a really good draft all three days? Well, well you, you, I guess you must be timeless because I was going to say the Eagles, but that, that's the life you give Like, like that's, that's the layup. Yeah. But the other one was the Texans. The Texans, I got to give them the credit. They finally got the quarterback yeah. that they needed with Stroud, and they moved up to get Will Anderson, you know, so, like, they actually got a staple on defense. But here goes the thing with Will Anderson, right? He's an awesome defensive player, but that defense needs more help. And and I know that they got D'Amico Ryans there to come run the show, but they and I think that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to involve more defenders to get there to help that team. That team is still a work in progress. I don't know if they turn the leaf immediately, but those are the pieces that they need at this point in time right now. A quarterback that they can provide, you know, some type of leadership role so they can build around him. And, and Will Anderson being the guy out of Alabama that everybody was gawking over before Georgia went crazy this year, he kind of like fell behind the leaderboard. But he still is somebody that you got to worry about while he's on the field. But the one thing I'm worried about him is is I don't want him to look like Jadavian Clowney. As much as Jadavian Clowney had that one hit up against Michigan, knocked the kid's helmet off, he never turned a corner for mm-hmm. me. I, in the league, never. I, I don't. I, yeah, he could get his tackles, get a sack here and there. He yeah. never lived up to the hype that we all thought it was when he took the guy's head off in that one bowl game. Like So I don't want Will Anderson mm-hmm. to have all of the electric situation down there in Alabama, and then next you know they cooled off. We didn't hear about Will Anderson when Alabama started falling apart at the end of the season. And um, right, he's going to a team that has a losing culture. So hopefully he can keep his head up while he's trying to survive the storm as they try to put piece by piece. Because don't forget, this is still the same team that had J.J. Watt have an all-pro electric career, but they didn't do crap while he was there. They made the playoffs a few times, and that was it. I don't want these guys to go down there and suffer in the AFC South while – the Colts are getting better. They just picked up Anthony Richardson. The Jaguars are probably the leaderboard with Trevor Lawrence and the way that that offense is trying to storm around. Like, this could be an uphill battle. And, and Tennessee, I'm now going to watch even more, even though I, I love Derrick Henry, to me, the best running back in the NFL. But people want to argue about that, but that's fine. But you got a kid from Connecticut that I I love the story now. And I didn't know he was from Connecticut until the draft. And, um right around when he was leaving Kansas City to get back out here and hearing how they drafted him. They drafted him. He was walking into the door with the bags from the draft. So it's going to be a chip on his shoulder. I think heads and shoulders that he's better than Ryan Tannehill. And uh, Malik Willis is going to have to prove that he wants a job, but you could tell the Titans are done with him. So Levis could go in there and win that job in training camp or preseason, but I don't think they'll start in week one. I think they'll watch that 
first four weeks go by with Tannehill. If Tannehill ain't picking up no wins, they'll put Levis in immediately and uh, try to get this thing going while he still has gas left in Derrick Henry and, and try to see what type of receivers they could work with. But they lost all of the bell cows from A.J. Brown to Julio, all of the guys that they did have. They got to make do with what they got right now. But I am going to watch the Titans as best as I can because I want to see the story of Levis. This, this should be incredible. Um Especially my guys that played against him while he was up here um, at Xavier High School, while my guys that was playing for Hill House. So, so like I, you know, it's incredible to know the area where he's from, so on and so forth. And um, good, good kid at that. He just, you know, the thing about his percentage of uh, players on Kentucky were dropping passes, so on and so forth. That's not him. Like these guys are dropping passes, and they they saying that that's what hurt him. Um, and, and from him moving from school, too. So they had their own anticipation about him, too. So the Texans are another team. The Titans are going to have to make this thing happen as best as possible because if they can't make this thing get off the ground this season going into next season, I think Vrabel might be out of there. Vrabel may be out of there in the next two seasons. I won't say this year. I think they'll save face. Yeah. But if, if he can't get the Titans to improve by next year, Vrabel, the coach that he is, I, I say he's a good coach. I don't want to take anything away from him. They might let him go. Um, provided they, they they had, you know, first place and got bumped so easy and, and now they're looking like they're going yeah. downward, he's going to have to save face for that Titans organization. So the, the Texans have their hands full with all of the teams in front of them within that division, let alone the AFC, how loaded it is around them. So, But those those two picks for me, at least for the Texans, help them out right now. But um, across the board, I, I just, you can't get mad at what Philly did and, and going and robbing the state of Georgia saying, give me everything you got. <laughs> they sure got every dog that they could out of the kennel. They, they sure did, and it made it tough. And, and then they also went and got another Georgia Bulldog and went to Detroit was like, hey, we'll trade some pictures. I'll give us Swift. I'm like, yes, take Swift. We, if you want them, you can have them. Like, I'm like, yes, please. And then every Dallas fan I know, everybody in the NFC East like, what the hell are you guys doing? You guys getting rid of Swift? Why y'all send him to Philly? I'm like, he's from Philadelphia. <laughs> And I know the Lions love him, but he wasn't making a difference for us. Every season that he's been there since getting drafted from Georgia, he's been injured. This year mm-hmm. on uh, Hard Knocks, he made a claim saying, 66, Madden got my strip out of 66. They are right about mm-hmm. it. You, you, can't, you can't take a hit. So if they they knew what they had in front of them. They know they needed a running back to talk about it before the draft. They were trying to get B. John. But looking at it at the sixth pick, we'd have to pay B. John a lot of money. So I love the mastery yeah. that Holmes did to drop back to be like, listen, Jameer could get paid how he is. Like not not like some big huge money that they're gonna end up dumping like they always did in like Calvin or, or Stafford or something like that. Like, no. Let this guy be a home run hitter in the middle of the draft and, and make you guys think about what we're gonna do because we still got the electric circus around to shout out the comment and um get get ready to go crazy. <laughs> You know, so, so that that I love what Detroit did. I could care less on how people see how we picked it. Uh, we needed Gibbs. I think Gibbs is a better running back to me than Swift. And um, Jack Campbell, we needed a linebacker. Um, as much as Anzalone did well at the end of the season and beginning of the season, we were losing games because we couldn't get nobody to fill the gaps in the in the middle of that defense. And he's older, yeah. so it's like getting Campbell. They said Campbell may end up taking his spot. So I, I don't think they will do that, but we're ready. And we, we needed a linebacker as much as they, we needed a defensive tackle, but we do have at least um, 
the kid Levi out of Washington. He didn't get to play all last year because he was injured, but he's coming back now, right. and they were worried about the defensive end. But we, we had Jeff Pascal, and he didn't play but, like, two or three games last year. So we're, like, kind of filled in. We just had to worry about our secondary. The secondary is loaded in Detroit. So they were put fine-tuned into those pieces. They got a linebacker. They got a running back. Brad Holmes has done the most work that any GM has done for Detroit in the history, or at least of me living, seeing this happen. None of none of them, from Matt Millen, none of them. Quinn, all, all these guys did not try to fill that team. They got one pick in the first round, and this was like, just pick anybody from um, Abilene College. Like, no, cut it out. Like, this, Holmes is doing his work and even making moves up and down the board, different rounds, like making things work. And um, now, as good as golf did this past season, it's all in front of golf right now. You've got all the weapons. you got a speedster. you got a strong running back uh, outside of the speedster. you got a plethora of receivers. They even pulled in receivers. Like, and even in the uh, supplementary draft, they got a kid, Chase Coda, out of Oregon. He's 6'3 in a slot, and he's dangerously fast. So it's like – we already loaded. Like, why would you go get another receiver? So now we're going to have receiver competition, and it's like all of them are threat. All of them are. So, and this is why old Jamison Williams is fighting his way to get back because of the gambling situation. So yeah. Detroit, yeah. Detroit did a hell of a job from the draft to the supplemental to where they are now and, and everything they did in free agency. But I don't want them to piss Jamison off because I want to see Jamison last. But um, the number one is go open and not anymore because Okuda went to Atlanta and Jamison yeah. Williams wanted it today. They said that he's not getting it. They're giving it to Cam Sutton, the guy out of Pittsburgh that we just picked up. So it's like, why would they do this to the kid if he's already been on the team and he's telling you he wanted one? And Sutton can't wear the number that he wore in Pittsburgh because the number he wore in Pittsburgh is 20. He is not getting that jersey no way, no how out of that rafter at all. It won't happen. I'll go down there and fight for that. So he, he wants one and – I don't know if it was Campbell's decision, but I'm pretty sure it was Campbell's decision. I think Campbell pulled the trigger on it, and he's not going to be able to wear one. So hopefully Jameson don't get mad. Hopefully he's content with the number nine, but this is what we're dealing with right now. And if he didn't, and I really don't want them to hold that against him, that he gambled on the property against college football. Like, people are human. Like, relax. That's the one thing that do got me pissed off about the scenario. Um but I'm hoping James to keep it cool instead of like turning this into, I can't wait to get out of Detroit to pay them back. I don't want, this happens. This always happens, especially to the team that I love, you know? So, but they, but back yeah. to the draft situation, they did a great job. I love it. I love the the, the draft that they did. And Brad Holmes, you, you the man, you're solid. And uh, if you keep this up, I, I, I'm hoping this year that I can say it, but a Super Bowl will come soon to the state of Michigan. It will be coming soon. <laughs> whether an appearance, or to, to lock one up. Is he's doing work. Yeah. He's doing work. Soon gonna come. Soon gonna come. Listen, um, listen I, I'll, I'll talk about the Lions in a minute. I love what the Eagles did getting two really good defensive players in the first round, having um, having guys fall to them. Um, you know, having Carter fall to them and then getting Smith at the number 30. That's a, That was an absolute steal. So, I love what they did. I agree with you. The Texans, I think they had a pretty good draft. I just kind of like what the Titans did. Uh, get you know, getting Levis really helped them a lot. But um, you know, I like I like the fact that I like what the Bills did too. Um, as far as like getting, you know, they didn't get the sexy receiver. I didn't think the receiver was out there. But getting Dalton Kincaid at twenty five, I really liked it. 
Um, you know, I I liked getting uh, Torrance in number 59. I thought that was a good pick. Um, they really need to help their defense, so getting Dorian Williams, um, you know, who had a good combine, I like that as well. So I really like what they did too. Um, I, I said it last night, I love what the Steelers did. Getting, I think getting uh, Joey Porter at 32 was an absolute steal. After they got one of the better linemen, probably the number two uh, tackle, Broderick Jones, at 14, I really like what they did. They got um, – and they got Darnell Washington, the, the dog from the Georgia, the tight end. I love that kid. To have him fall that far at 93, I thought was – you had to pick him. I love to have, Now you got two good tight ends uh, to help, you know, kind of, you know, up the middle for, for Kenny Pickett some big targets to throw to. I love what they did. So I thought the Steelers had a pretty good draft as well. I love what my Giants did. Their first three picks outweighed the last three or four picks that they had. I love getting um, Deontay Banks. I think they got the best center in the draft in Schmidt. And then coming back, trading up to get Hyatt, who I think can quietly be a dog for them. Um, you know, you, you saw the game against Alabama. He had the five-touchdown game. Um, he's got speed. I think he can. He, I think he needs to grow in the route tree a little bit more. But I think he can run some crisp routes. I, I think uh, they address their big holes. It's the first three picks, right? Corner, center, receiver. I think they got that in the first three picks. So I think they hit a home run. Um, listen, the Lions. I like their draft. I wasn't. I think I, I, I didn't love love it. I liked it a lot though. Um, I felt like I told you they were going to trade out of six, and you yelled at me. Okay, TP. So you yelled at me, and I said they're going to trade out of six. But I think they should have stayed at six to get Carter because I thought Carter was going to go a little bit higher. So it's like I think the two guys that they got in the first round and Gibbs and Campbell were really good picks, really good holes that they filled, but I felt like they could have got them a little later, and they could have still got the tackle. Or they, I think, at worst, I, I was screaming that you guys should have got Gonzalez. I'm like screaming, that's the guy, and it didn't happen. I was so pissed off because I felt like you needed a corner, but because um, you, you you traded Okuda, but I can't hate what you did because why? You why? Got... Why, why, would we a, why would we need a corner? I just told you, Cam Sutton. This gave up Pittsburgh. They gave him the number one. We just picked him up. We just got Mosley. I, I know, but I, I like, look, look, well, we just got T.J. Gardner Johnson from from the Eagles. They just loaded the secondary up. They they did what we didn't really need the corner. We and I love that they did that to believe in what Brad Holmes already structured defensively. We needed tackling corners. We didn't really have to go for a youngin to get you know his lumps, and, and we ready to win now. Like Detroit in a situation to win now. Um, when yeah. they got. Let's, let's dig in the history of Detroit doing this. When they got Slay, when they got Darius Slay out of Mississippi State, Slay came yeah, to the league and they yeah. were cooking. And he did not get out of that cooking situation until he ended up, like, figuring it out right when Calvin started leaving. When Calvin left, then Slay turned into the big play Slay. That's, that's when Slay started to get it. And then um, who's on the corner I'm thinking about? Okuda. Okuda already was injury prone, but he was Okuda. already slow coming out of the draft. He ran a 4-5-40. Yeah. And it was like they know he's slow, but he's a short tackling quarter. So like that could cost you. Mm-hmm. And in games like oh, even this year when we played the Bears, he was step for step with Fields, and Fields ended up burning on him. This is the quarterback, but Fields got speed. 
But your boy Von Ohio State, you know what he's about. Like you, you're held accountable for being able to get him down. He could not get him down. Like and Okuda had so many different situations in mid game. They would pull him just because of his output on the field. They they weren't too gung ho on the way that he was playing ball. So I get and trust what Brad Holmes is doing. I get it that everybody wanted us to see go get Joey Porter because that that they said that that was one of the picks that we were going to get and the Gonzalez yeah. out of Oregon. But for them, the reason why I wanted him to stay at six because I wanted B. John. I wanted to get a running back. I knew we needed a running back. I knew Swift's time was up. I've been telling you this. Yeah. You could get recorded. I yeah, was done with Swift. It. It, 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 and it happened. It. He he actually went and got a running back that was Swift 5.0. Forget 2.0, no, because he's faster than Swift. He's strong. He, he can take hits. They, they're calling him Kamara 2.0 because you know how Kamara can bounce off a tackler. He does that, and he has home run speed. I haven't seen a home run hitter in Detroit since Javon Best. Javon Best is the last home run hitter that we got out of Cal. But yeah. the one thing that Javon yeah. Best had coming out of school, he had concussion issues. This ain't the situation with Gibbs right now. He's healthy. He's able to learn behind Montgomery and an offensive line that's at least top four in the NFL right now. So this this helped us. And the Jack Campbell pick, everybody's mad that they picked him in the first round. We needed a linebacker. Alex Anzalone, they may have re-signed him, but he's not tomorrow for the Lions. They went and got Jack Campbell. And plus, I really feel like not only is he, he was the best linebacker in the land, in the nation. He won the Dick Buckets Award. His last name is Campbell. And the thing that Dan Campbell said to him, you had to see it. Um, Holmes is talking to him. He's like, well, welcome to Detroit. You're going to be a Lion. He gives Dan Campbell the phone. He said, hey, I like your last name. That's the first thing he said to him. So you already know it. <laughs> they already got to have their tandem already. Like he wants right, to see right, that right. happen in Detroit. So, so this, this, this was a, that was a coach pick. That was Coach Campbell picking him, and no, no we needed no, a no, linebacker. No, and uh, it's only like six two, six three. This kid's six mm-hmm. five, and you don't really see this. And his, his, uh, the way he tested, he's had the best test score. Is Brian Erlacher. Mm-hmm. So this dude is on parallel to be one of those Pro Bowl type linebackers. This could happen instantly, especially with all of the defense yeah, that they have in front of them. At least, <laughs> at least yeah, the front four. Yeah, 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 Go ahead. Wait, hold on. Hang on, TV. I know you can talk about it, but I'm I'm getting to my point. Hang on. Let me let me get that. I I wanted you to get Campbell. I thought you could have got him in the second or third round. Like, you could have got Carter or Smith and then still got Campbell and Gibbs in the second round. But, see, the thing that made the draft better for the Lions was you got the two players that you wanted, and it's like it doesn't matter where you draft them. If you believe in them, you pick them, right? That's what we said last night on our show. So, I'm like, if you believe in those guys, you pick them. But then you stole – listen, I wanted you to get Meyer – Getting Sam Laporta, if you like him, get him. I, and you got him. And I think he's good. So I, you, you got a good tight end. Mm-hmm. Yep. Huh? What did you say? No, no. I'll let you finish it. I was going to say something. All right, go finish. Yeah, you got a good tight end that you needed. And then you got the steal, one of the steals of the draft in Brian Branch. You got the best safety in the draft in the second round. So I was like, yep. that's a steal in itself right there, right? And then – what people aren't really talking about is the pick that I almost like more than Branch was getting Hooker at 60, 68. Because now you got yeah. you got golf for the next couple of years, and then you got the future. I was like, every pick that you guys made, I think you, you got a really good grade off. 
And it's like, and I felt like your your first day was okay. Your second day was so good, it made the first day look like really good because you got steals at 30, 34, 45, and 68. Like, I, 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 that's what I said. I liked your draft. I thought you had a really good draft. And you got guys that can come in in the first and second round, start day one, and make the impact on this team. So I, I, I commend you. I thought it was a really good draft. Now, go ahead. What were you going to say? So the LaPorta situation, right, the one thing that I'm, I'm like, yeah. mad, not even mad, but I'm gritting my teeth about, is that he's coming from Iowa. And him and Hawkinson are the same school. You know what I'm saying? And I couldn't stand Hawkinson. And this is the same thing about Hawkinson. Hawkinson was a good receiving tight end. But the one thing about Hawkinson, uh-huh. he ran a 4 or 5 to be, to be a tight end. That's good. But he couldn't get separation. So it's like yeah. Laporta could get separation. His knock is that he can't block. And that's the same thing that Hawkinson could not do. He could not block. So that's the only knock I have about him. But him in the field making uh, running pass patterns, and he's electric. He has golden hands. He led the team in receiving. Mm-hmm. Not to say much because Iowa's offense was terrible compared to the way that they were. They, they were ranked high this year because of the way the defense ran between Van Ness and Campbell. Yeah. But um, Sam Laporta has led that team in receiving for the past two years. He's an All-American mm-hmm. threat at the tight end position too. And he don't have to do much because of everything around him in that receiver court. So it's like – all you got to do is just be prepared when the ball comes to you. And um, you said with Jared Goff having a few years, no. Goff's deal is up at the end of this season. So this mm-hmm. is the pressure cooker for him. So if he comes out and gets them as far as possible, like playoffs or get a playoff win, that helps him. But if he stubs his toe and falls short, it's like I know Detroit is going to wait for Hooker to get fully healthy to put that quarterback mm-hmm. You know, controversy in the air because this guy's right. a scrambler, and I know that's the one thing that that receiving core is looking for, especially like Jameson Williams. He wants a quarterback that can move because that opens the game up for him and a lot of one on one coverages because um, they're not going to bracket him, St. Brown, Reynolds. Like, it's, it's a lot of guys going out for passes that they got to be honest. They, a lot of teams are going to have to watch to see if they can blitz Detroit. If they start blitzing, Giz is the, the let out. And he's a, a great pass receiver running back. Like, this all works tremendously for Detroit. Like, I'm so happy. It's like, that's one thing I don't like about the draft. Is like, I don't want to get hung up in it because it's like, yeah, I want to see the play. Like, it's like, oh, we got all these picks. Now we got to wait five months. Like, like no. So it's like, I top my best. <laughs> but to see, to, see, to see how this went down from free agency to a draft with the picks that they picked up, especially the Brian Branch pickup, if Tracy Walker don't come out and play well because he tore his Achilles last year and they're trying to bring him right back on the field, it's like, no, he was getting burned. Like, if he's looking bad, him and Kirby Joseph, Kirby Joseph was up here picking off Rodgers left and right. You get Brian Branch, this guy's a short tackler and a great center field type safety that can go down into the nickel and play the uh, the quarter position too. This this is excellent work, my homes. People can be mad all they want the way that the pick went, how they dropped back and got Gibbs, how they got Campbell high. This worked for Detroit. This ain't what y'all want to see. This is what we do in-house for the pride for real. So, I, 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 Brad Holmes, you the messiah right now for Detroit. If, if they can it's pull like, this off, I whispered in your ear when we was watching the college basketball tournament, I said, they playing yep. for something. And you know the words I told you. I don't want to say it, <laughs> but I told you something. Your ear, and I'm not lying. On both of our pops. You know I said it. You're, for real. You're, you're, 
it's like if you believe in those guys, you draft them. That's it. It's like you you don't you know what I mean. You don't waste time. You don't see if they can fall a couple picks behind or whatever. It's like if you believe in that guy, that's your guy. Go get him. And that's you know that's what the Lions did, and, and they did it masterfully. Real quick, and then I, we got to talk some NBA. Who did who do you think had a bad bad draft? Like who do you just shake your head? You don't really know what they were thinking. The Dallas Cowboys, man, it's all of the needs that they mm-hmm. did have, they they didn't address it. And it's like, okay, everybody in America is watching what y'all do, whether I like it or not, because I know I don't, I don't like the Cowboys at all. But then that's the fan in me. But like analytically, it's like you guys just lost Zeke. What running back are y'all putting back there right now? Pollard just mm-hmm. broke something. Pollard's gonna have to work his tail off. I know he'll be back in time. I I think that's what they're scheduling, and he'll be back in time. But it's like. Pollard ain't a short thing either. Like, what's what's really going on right now in Dallas? Like, and, and, and leaving this up to Jerry Jones, continually Jerry Jones continue to pick this thing out, it's like, I don't know what you're up to. I, I really don't know what he's up to. Dallas, they went and got um the tight end. They needed the tight end. They got the running back, Vaughn. I like him because he's small, and he's a scat back. Yeah. And knowing that is – and I like the way that they drafted him. That's, that was one of the best drafting yeah. situations I've ever yeah. seen. Because his father works for the Cowboys. Yeah. He said, you want to come to work with me, son? And that was awesome. I did like that. I did like the way Jerry I mean, Jones made right. that. Right. I almost wanted to cry. Right. Was... Especially because it was the last, it's the last, one of the later round picks. So I give them that. Right. But he's not an every down back. I'm not, I don't think they're starting a season like that. And he's going to have to make it through, you know, preseason and seeing if he makes it. Like, it's a hype pick, but they picked him late because nobody wanted him. So he's going to really have to show and prove that he can do it right now. Yeah, I mean, I I wasn't in love with their draft. I mean, I kind of at first I wasn't really feeling the Mazzy Smith pick, but he is the best run stuffing tackle in the draft, so that was an immediate need. I mean, watching them twice a year, you just know that they can't they were they couldn't stop the run, and they were leaving Micah Parsons exposed. It's like if he's on the line, run you run at him. If you know, it's like if he's in the it's, as linebacker, you know. It was just like you, you were exposing him through the run game, right? So um, getting a run stuffer frees him up, right? But I wouldn't have went with Schumacher either, a school, schoonmacher, not Schumacher, schoonmacher at, at, at uh, tight end. I, I just I – just, I didn't like the pick. I didn't love it. Like, I felt like in the first round, tackle over the tight end, I, I, don't, I don't know if Matsy would have slid. So I understand that, but like Michael Mayer was right there, and that's the that's the that's the the the, the clone, if you will, of not even Dutch Schultz. We're going back to their earlier tight ends. You know what I mean? That's the clone that they've had from Jay Novacek, um, you know, really good blocking tight end. I I don't understand like Jason Witten. That that's the guy that they should have got. So I didn't understand that, but I mean. I, there's a big knock I, on him. There's a big knock on. There's a big knock on Mayor. So the Raiders better watch what they're mm-hmm. doing. He has short arms. That's what a lot of those teams yeah. backed off of for. That's why he fell yeah. because um a lot of people yeah. didn't buy into what they were seeing in Notre Dame. Notre Dame has a a, a spoon fed schedule. So if they win games, they they glorify all of the athletes in big games. They didn't show up like that, and uh, that's why if he was that electric of a tight end, he would have went higher. They were picking tight ends before right. him with an S, not just one. Like so, the Raiders needed that because they got rid of Waller. Waller's with, he's with you guys, I think, right? So 
they they needed yeah. him and they got him late. So it's, it's like the, I don't know about him going to Dallas, especially with Dallas losing Schultz and all the titles that they've lost recently. But if he was a, a fall through, they would have to answer all of the questions about him not being the right pick at that point in time. And uh, that was the knock on him across the board with the league. Right. But, I mean, otherwise, like, I hated the Falcons draft. I really did. I mean, oh I God. like getting the guard in the second round, but you got so many holes on this team, and you used the eighth pick to get a running back. That's what you did. Like, I just – I Bijan Robinson is really good. I think he's, right. he's going to be a good running back in this league. But he's got no offensive line – to block, block for him. Hello, I've seen it before in New York in, in Saquon Barkley. Like, I feel like you had so many holes. You just wasted the pick. You could have traded back a couple slots, got the running back, but added picks to get more talent. You could, you had Carter waiting there. You had Nolan Smith, who I wanted them to get. On our on our, our, our draft um, preview, our mock draft the week before, um, I said that they they were going to get Nolan Smith. I was dead wrong. They could they had Christian Gonzalez that they needed a corner. They they passed him to get the running back. I just I hated their draft. I mean they had some okay picks, but like really at the end of the day, I didn't like what they did. I just don't I don't believe in taking a running back that high, especially on a team that has so many needs. It just didn't make sense to me. They didn't need him. They didn't need me as much as I wanted them. Oh. They had Tyler Algier, the running back out of BYU. Yeah. He did well. He actually did well. Why yeah. would you get Bijan to start running back controversy where both of these guys are able to start? And just like you said, they needed to fill other voids. Y'all still need receivers. Y'all still need to work on that defense, even though I think they, they got a good defensive end. I forget the, the end that they got. But they didn't fill everything they need. Atlanta's not prepared to go into war in the NFC South. I feel like. They stubbed yeah. their toe, and this is going to go into next season or the season after that. Um, another team that I was mm-hmm. furious, well, not to say furious, but had a questionable situation on the draft was the Jets. The Jets didn't fill in everything that they needed, especially addressing the need of getting Aaron Rodgers. You guys have to win today. Forget now. Like, yeah. You guys went and made all of this. Y'all, y'all went all in in the poker game and get Rodgers. Rodgers is going to be 40 this December. If it don't pan out in this year, going into the next season, which – Rodgers is going to ride out all of the storm because he knows he's at the end of his career to get all of the money that he's owed. He's going to soak you guys up. You guys didn't feel anywhere that you guys needed to. You're content with what you got right now out of Lazard and company. The defense is blocked. I like that. But we'll see if Rodgers does turn the corner because right now all questions are in front of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is the one that's been folding year after year after year in the month of January. If he don't get it done, then what? He going into next season – Pins the needles, hoping that he stick around. He'll be 41. Like uh, the Jets needed to do more. I don't think they did enough. Uh, right now, to me, he's not the best quarterback in the state of New York. It's still Josh Allen. It's still him. It's still yeah, Buffalo. No, Buffalo's still the best. Buffalo's still the best in the um, in the AFC East until you prove to me that the Jets have them locked. They split, but Josh Allen keep falling apart in January too. When did he? He's gonna get over the hump. He's younger. I like that. <laughs> Something got to give. Somebody. The Jets might be in trouble, especially when they, they're gonna have to figure this out. They spent this whole offseason worried about how they're gonna get Rodgers there, and they're not worried about the rest of the collective team. The Jets? Question marks for me. Yeah, I didn't like what they did either. I said it last night. I was like, 
Um, and I don't know if you agree with me or not, but it's like you got Aaron Rodgers, you have a crappy offensive line that got Zach Wilson killed and got um, Matt White killed, and you didn't address it. Now you're going into the offseason where you're going to have slim pickings that offensive line of free agents, and you're going to try and get ones to shore up your line. You just declined the fifth-year option on Makai Becton, who doesn't even know where the stadium is, I think, at this point. I don't even think he knows where, where MetLife Stadium is. We know where it is. We know how to get there, does he? Because he, he's never there. And, and, and you didn't do anything to address that. I understand that the run of tackles at that point, right, D.P.? The, the top tackles in the draft were gone. They were all gone. Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones, et cetera, they were all gone. But there was other linemen that you could have got to – you got to help. you got to protect your investment. And then it, it was like, if, of all the things, right, it was like, okay, the tackles were gone. It, what I would have done, if I'm keeping that pick, which I, I agree they should have done, go get the cornerbacks. Go get – Joey Porter, go get Christian Gonzalez. Who I t- I'm telling you, I'm high on him. I loved him in his draft. I mean, I, I, I don't know why you don't get him. Go get Deontay Banks. I'm glad they didn't get him. But go get him to put as a corner on the other side of Sauce Gardner. Then now you got a no-fly zone. Nobody's passing on that defense, right? No. Who do you draft? I don't even know this kid. Will McDonald? Like, that's the guy you pick? Like, it just didn't make any sense, dude. Like, there was other um, outside linebacker rushing edges that you could have got instead of him. You could, if you were going to draft that, you could have got Nolan Smith. That's the guy you got, Will McDonald, instead of Nolan Smith, and instead of maybe going after Clancy, who I like. Everybody like Clancy up the middle. Like, right. um, I, 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 I don't know. Like, it just didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense to me what they did. It, it was Campbell that the, the Falcons got in the offseason, Karis Campbell. But, um, yeah, I, it's like – I just did, I I wasn't thrilled with their draft. They had an okay draft, but it's like after last year's draft where they hit like home run after home run after home run, to come into this draft where you you got a good feeling with Aaron Rodgers, and then this is what you came away with. It just didn't make any sense. No, yeah, um, we'll see how they look. Like they did do well up against the Packers. That was the thing that got everybody hyped. The way the Jets went in the yeah. Lambo and stole that game, and Sauce put the the cheese head on his head, and everybody's worried about that defense. That defense fell apart at the end of the season, and they didn't do enough. And the crazy part, it was like watching that first pick, and they got the kid from the Make-A-Wish come up there from upstate New York, and he's going yeah. through whatever situation he's going through, and had him scream for Will McDonald. I was like, you going crazy for what? Like, what, what is he going to do? Is he going to go crazy? going to raise hell? Like, I don't, I don't think he's going to raise hell. Like, you, you, you got a lot of work to do. Like, I, I don't know. That, that's the way y'all see it? They, they go crazy. I don't, I don't feel like that's the move that they should have made, and the Jets are going to – they're putting a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers to get this done right now, and um, I, I don't know. I don't know. He's, he's the price of admission to go see, but how many seasons in a row that he's lost in Lambeau where he's supposed to be comfortable for it to fall apart? What if they go 9-8 and eight and miss the playoffs? Because that's what the Jets look like. They were under 500 this year. Yeah. They go 9-8, and eight, they go above 500, but this, the AFC so loaded they could potentially miss it. They won't come in first place. I don't think they leapfrog the Bills. I think the Bills still come in first. Still. The Bills yeah, today just got Latavius Murray. That, that's the running back that they need, a, a pounder. They need a running back that can hit yeah. the hole and to potentially hit a home run. And that's what Latavius can do if that's working out for them. Because when you play the Bills, you got to worry about the receiving core. So 
the Bills are still making the right move in that division. The Jets don't just instantly jump up because Aaron Rodgers came around. So what? Screw that. I'm glad that y'all gung-ho on him, and I'm glad y'all got him out of my division. I've got to worry about him. His last pass that he made in the NFC North was a pick to Kirby Joseph for the third pick in one season for a rookie. Only person that picked him off three times ever was Brian Erlacher. That's it. So, Bon voyage in the words of Russell Jones, a.k.a. Old Dirty. Like, I, I, yeah, see you later. Y'all can have it. I, I want to see if the Jets can't make it happen. I don't think so. I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see because, I, you know, the Bills need another pass rusher because they got exposed without Von Miller, but I still think they're the better team in that division. It's like Ric Flair, you know, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. You know what he says, TV. To be the man, you got to be the man. So. <laughs> Until they beat him, like I, I don't, we don't believe you. You need more people. Um, yeah. You know, shut up. Uh, call number nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine. TP timers in the villain here. Uh, so let's talk some NBA, and then you know I'm gonna close up shop. But um, you know it's orange and blue skies. Knicks even up the series, but obviously the game of last night was Steph Curry versus LeBron. Um, everybody's giving Jordan Poole uh, crap for taking that long three uh, that potentially tied the game. But the Lakers are behind a monster performance uh, behind uh, Anthony Davis, what was it, 30-20, uh, you know, get the win in game one. Uh, TP, I mean, I didn't get your prediction because it, it happened so fast. You know, the Warriors, the 50-piece 50, the 50 biscuit, from Steph get into the next rounds, the Lakers beat the crap out of the Grizzlies, and then now we are here. So I mean, even 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 one game in, I mean, what do you think about this series? Um, I, I said this to you before. The Lakers going to the finals. As much as I don't want to see it happen, <laughs> this is a yellow brick road for the Lakers. Yellow brick. The Warriors don't have anybody to deal with Andy Davis. Andy Davis is the X factor for the yep. Lakers. If he's healthy, they are going to run through the West. I could care less if the Suns survive without Chris Paul, because Chris Paul is now ruled out from games three, four, and five. So um, he's out. I think Denver's going to sweep them. And every time Denver play the Lakers, Jokic ends up trying to deal with Andy Davis. Andy Davis hands up his lunch until he gets injured. If he hurts himself, then Denver wins. Other than that, Jokic is too slow to be dealing with Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis got too much in the bag for him. Um, Denver's a great story. They threw $269 million to Jokic potential. They tried to give him three three back-to-back-to-back MVPs, but Embiid ended up getting it. Um, they're going to beat Phoenix. Uh, I can talk about that. Thing. I can't wait to talk about that. But um, right yeah. now, they don't have an answer for – LeBron, LeBron's going to coast through that series. I think LeBron, if LeBron averages anywhere from 21 to 24 points a night, that hurts the Warriors. And Anthony Davis will give them 26 to 30. He's already had a 30-20 game. Like, Draymond can't deal with him. He can't. And they're going to have to do that. And Draymond is their defensive anchor. Um, Seth can shoot the hell out the ball all he wants. They got to stop the rest of that barrage. And they're dealing with waves of defense to go at Steph, to make Steph work for those shots. And Steph can hit those, but we'll deal with everybody else. Clay got to show me that he can do more than game six. I'm tired of that, oh, game six, Clay, game six, Clay. No, they need you now. They need you now. (laughs) Oh, I'm pointing with my four fingers and and did that to Booker and Ja, all of them. No, stop surviving off of Steph. 
and then coming up big in a game and thinking you that dude, no. You got to show up now because they need you now. Jordan Poole had to take the shot. I get it. And he's going to be the, the fall guy for that. I, I get it. I get it. It happens. It's a sport. It's basketball. Um, unfortunate situation. But I think the Lakers roll on them. The Lakers can lose this game, too, all they want. The the Warriors can't win on the road. They beat the Grizzlies because – no, not the Grizzlies. They they beat the Kings because the Kings are inexperienced. The Kings haven't been in the playoffs since 2005. They they are all new to this. By the, the last time they made the playoffs, these guys were in elementary school. Like, you got to think about that. So it's like they, the experience was on the Warriors' side. Once they won that game in Sacramento, I knew it was over for the Kings. And then uh, – De'Aaron Fox had fractured a finger, so he's playing with a fracture. It's like Steph sees you bleeding. And this is the one thing about the Warriors' success. Every year Steph won a championship, somebody got hurt along the way. Like for the team that they were playing against, somebody got hurt, whether it was Ja, whether it was Kyrie, so on and so forth. There's been openings for them to be successful, even even against the Celtics too last year. So I think somebody got hurt in that series. I can't remember who it was, but it's like, Oh, Robert Williams, the big man. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Some, some karma, some mystique around the Warriors run that somebody goes down. So it's excellent that this is Steph's legacy, that he's been able to do this. Like, and I've been measuring in my head. The better player is Kevin Durant, but the greater player is Steph because Steph's been able to do the unthinkable. But right now, mm-hmm. you're in a situation where there's more greater players on the floor than what you yourself have right now. There was a youth situation with – Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, these guys were better players, but you were greater than the two of them because they're still green. They're still raw. Him being out there, that was that was a steamroll situation, especially with these guys trying to go shot for shot with the best shooter of all time in NBA history. So we'll see. I don't think the Warriors make it out of that state alive. I, I don't think so. But that's just one facet. I'm, I'm all over the board with you right now. Yeah, I mean, I I still like the Warriors in this series, but I agree with you. Anthony Davis is the X factor, right? Like, first of all, listen, we all know he can do it. We know he's that dude, but he's just never there to do it. And, and like, that what was a game was it game two or game three in the first round where he just totally disappeared. Like, you can't do that. You 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 gotta be that dude. You don't get to take nights off and have bad games and then make excuses for it or, or answer questions about it after the game. you got to have nights like that every night. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what you get paid for. That's why LeBron Bart brought you here. So having, you know, bad games is unacceptable for me. Like, he's he's too talented to do that. And it's like, it's just that he don't have that switch that, like, Kobe and LeBron and Jordan and these guys do, like, knowing, like, every game is important. That's what frustrates me. But, like, you're right. Looney can't do it by himself. Like, Wiseman was a total disappointment, and he would definitely help in this kind of series just from a size standpoint. But Looney's, Looney's, you know, playing some really good basketball, but he can't do it all by himself. He can't defend Anthony Davis by himself. So I don't know what adjustments Golden State has to make, but they better make it. Um, I still do like them in this series, um, but you know, if the Lakers win it, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I I totally agree with you. So, um, you know, we'll see what I'm happens. Say, you know, I'll say this. I'll say this. I'll, I'll say this on both sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. I'll do. I'll say the best for last. If Steph wins this series, Steph moves up. Steph Steph is already top ten to me all time, right? 
He's moving yeah. up. Yeah, he's I, wanted moving ask, strong. I wanted to ask you. Yeah, let's, let's do if it. Let's he, talk it. If, if he pulls this off, he moves up. Um, if not, LeBron wins this and they go to the final, this saves LeBron, not to say save his legacy, but it helps his legacy. You know what I mean? Like right, right, LeBron, right. LeBron, they save face with that, that bubble championship, but if they run the West, as a playing team and get there as a seventh seed, it's like LeBron has done the unthinkable, so on and so forth, and, and that storyline will continue to roll for him. Right. Um, so right. this this goes either way in this series. I, I like the 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 storyline for both of them. Um, as much as I'm a rival of Steph's ever since the OKC battles in the mid, the, the early, well, I say the mid, really, because we was running the early part of the 2010s, but when they got on their championship run for 2015 on, it was a rivalry until Russell got pig-headed, and that's what blew us up. Um, but I always wanted to, like, you know, just for competitive nature to go after the Warriors, not to see him not do well, because watching Steph play, that's art. That's that's opera. That's a, a museum. Like, he's going crazy. And just watching Steph do the unthinkable, pulling on shots, and you're like, there's no way. And he's drilling it. It's like, come on. like, And he's still got legs left. Like, it's not even like he's done. He's 35 and still got a, I feel like he got at least seven years left in him, whether, you know, it'll be long in the tooth in the league, but he ended up just being a set shooter. This is still Steph off the dribble pulling up, you know, so that's that in itself. But, I mean, that's just this series in the West. But the way that the, the Suns looked, that, that's what I wanted to get to. Kevin Durant, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. calling you out. I'm calling you out, not now, but right now. Dog, you cannot <laughs> continue to play basketball and think, oh, I'm going to watch you guys do it, and whenever you need to get me the ball, I'm going to hit the shot. When these dudes fall, now they're trying to rush you the ball because you're waiting for the ball, get you the ball. No, you should have been in the effective offense. I get it. Booker is playing some awesome basketball, but you got to be a part of this too. You can't just keep watching Booker go crazy and then you be half-assed. Like, that's that's crazy. Like, especially for the Nuggets, who's ever defending you? Who, Aaron Gordon did you? Porter Jr. did you? These are the guys that are making it difficult for Kevin Durant. I could care less on how good of a player you are. You will never crack the top ten. You will never crack it. I don't think you'll get there. Like, LeBron is in there. Steph Curry's in there now. These guys have done this all in your generation of playing basketball right now where you're going to need to step up right now because Chris Paul is injured and out. Booker can't yeah. do this alone going 48 points, 45 points, and you're scoring 24 and 27 and thinking that's all right. No, go crazy, Kay. You got to go crazy. Like, I shouldn't be having to say this. I shouldn't be having to say this. Right? this should be a given. But, oh, no, this is this is what I've been saying for years, being a Thunder fan, where everybody's like, why is Russ shooting more than Kay? KD rather watch Russ go crazy. Everybody know KD's the better player, but Russ had the gall or the balls to go out there and play like that. And it's like, okay, well, K will give you the 28 off of Russell's 26 and 27 because he he got to be the ammunition alongside him. It's like, no, like, I don't understand KD's mental capacity. I don't. It, it's ridiculous. I mean, I got to go back to, to to Steph. I agree with you. This series in, doesn't do anything to elevate LeBron, right? Like, I think his legacy is cemented. It's Anybody that says that this series or this season would take away from his legacy are stupid. But Steph can gain so much 
if he wins this series, goes to the finals, or even wins the finals. Like, we have to have that talk. Like, I agree with you. I think he gets in – he's into the top ten right now. Um, we're You know, it's who do we take off. I probably have to move off Oscar Robertson. People have Shaq in the top ten. He's not in my top ten. But, like, we have to talk about moving those kind of guys out. If he wins a chip, we got to talk about him being – you know, much higher. I, I don't put him it for me it's hard to say he's the greatest point guard because I don't look at him like a point guard like especially in this league is so positionless. Like I feel like he's a undersized shooting guard more than he is a point guard. Uh, LeBron not LeBron, uh, Magic is the quintessential point guard. He did everything for that team. He he, you know, passed, scored, rebounded, just did everything to make defended. He did everything to make that team better and changed the point guard position forever, right? Like nobody thought a big guy could play a point guard until he came along. So, but like Steph, we're t- we need to we need to put respect on his name a little bit more. Like people, I think we underappreciate how good he is and you know being undersized and all that. So I agree with you. If he wins, like we we have an, we have to have conversations about this guy and his place in all time legacy. But to the Suns, Suns ain't winning this. They're not winning the series, and. Um, I'm not going to blame KD. I'm not even going to blame Booker or or uh, Chris Paul. They gutted the team to get Kevin Durant here. They have no depth. They didn't play these guys, their bench, in the first round. I thought it was a mistake. Um, now you're running into a deep Denver team that just comes at you in waves. Murray is back, right, TP? Like, Murray is that dude. He's playing some phenomenal basketball. You know, Gordon's solid, Porter solid, Jokic is, you know, borderline MVP this year. So they just don't have enough to, to hang with them. But DeAndre Ayton, can you act like you want to be a big man? Like, what are you doing? You're not doing anything. I, if anybody, if I'm going to blame anybody, I'm not going to blame him, but I'm like, can you play big man basketball for, for some – got to do something for these guys. Like, you're supposed to be a really good player, and you're the fourth team, and I, I wouldn't know that. I wouldn't know. It's like, what are you doing? But either way, I just don't – the Suns don't have enough. They just don't have enough to play with these guys. It's unfortunate. They're, they're going to have to wait until next year but um, and get some depth and get, some, get a bench and stuff so that they can have a long series and they don't have to depend on Booker and KD to do everything. So, you know, that's just my gut. But, um, I mean, out in the East, like, you know, the, the Celtics blew out the Sixers with the Embiid returning tonight. Celtics losing game one. I mean, like, seriously, like, the Celtics are the dumbest team in the league. The dumbest really good team in the league. Like, the, their decision-making at the end of game one was atrocious. Throwing the ball away right at Maxi, um, you know, Tatum pushing a guy out of bounds, you know, making dumb plays, don't shooting threes when you don't need it. Like they're just, they did that in the first round too, and, and they might catch up with them in this series. We'll see, but they're just a dumb team for me sometimes. I mean, what do you think about the Sixers Celtics real quick? They're, the Celtics are always going to be like that, and you hit it the nail on the head. <laughs> they are always going to, they're going to always pull up for a dumb jumper when they don't have the pull up for that. And I don't know what's going on in Boston. I don't know who killed who, but Marcus Smart gets so much time, and Malcolm Brogdon is younger and a more efficient defender and plays well, like plays better basketball than Smart. Like 
I I don't know why Smart is out there like that. Like Smart's time is like to me done. I I don't I don't see Smart being the effective guy for Boston to win the championship. Boston, um, Smart's not a championship guard, especially the way the thing fell apart in that finals last year up against the Warriors. And he was he dealt he dealt with Steph good in that game one, and then everything after that he was like in total awe and playing in homage, watching Steph go crazy in front of him. Brogdon is a dog, and he he gets less time than Smart. I I just don't get it. So. And this is this is their karma with with everything that happened with Ume and all of the executives to the new coach in Missoula and all of this and, and this is what they get right now and they they cater to Jason Tatum. I'm gonna say this here and out to you, back. I said it to other people. Jalen Brown is the better player. He's better than Tatum. I don't care what nobody yeah. say. Tatum is Tatum is the lighter skinned one. He's the more marketable one. Jalen Brown is the ammunition for the Boston Celtics. I don't care what nobody say. I don't care what nobody say. I can care less if Jason Tatum and Kobe Bryant were best friends and they're brothers and they eat dinner every Tuesday. Like, I can care less. Jalen Brown, if they're in trouble, they go to him. And if, if Jason Tatum gets the ball, he wants to do a one-two-step and pull up for a fadeaway three. If he misses it, it's like, so what? It's, so what? This is what you guys get. This is what you guys get. I'm, Boston is terrible for this. And if they fall apart against the Sixers, where the Sixers is really Embiid, Harden, Maxi. And that's what you really got to stop. And now this helps them because Doc Rivers is fighting for his life. If you can survive a storm in Philadelphia and even this thing up in Philly, then you, they just got to win a game in Philadelphia. I feel like they can do it, but it's a lot of pressure, especially with Embiid getting his MVP. I know they can't wait for them to walk into that arena and watch Embiid get that MVP trophy in front of everybody. It's going to be like a game three. is a no. It's a no-brainer. Philly should win that game. So their work is cut out for them. Absolutely. They got to make some better decisions, man. I just, they drive me crazy watching them. My buddy was just at the game. He texted me a picture because all the white guys got in at the end of the game. <laughs> it's like the whitest lineup you've ever seen in a playoff game. <laughs> it's like 60s or something like that. But, um, nah, you know, good win for them. But, you know, I, I, I worry about them because it's like they're super talented, the Celtics are, but then they just make dumb plays. They just play dumb basketball. So we'll see. Um, my Knicks, I think they're in a little trouble, PP, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. Yes, I, they are. I feel like Brunson is playing well. Uh, Randall is back, but he's not all the way back. I feel like they're not defending the three-point line, and they had a lot of trouble with the, the Heat in game two without Jimmy Buckets, and he's coming back with a, a day's rest, almost a week full of rest coming back Saturday. Um, I still think the Knicks can win this series. But I, I am worried. I am definitely worried because, you know, now you got Vincent hitting shots. You got Kyle Lowry playing like Kyle Lowry. Like, he's back. Like, you know, this guy, I'm like, where did this freaking guy come from? But he's just, he's just a dog. He just, he, he's just a tough, gritty point guard that just, he's no fear. I've always liked watching him play ever since, you know, his college days. I just love watching him play. Um, the Heat are they're a gritty team. They have a real they're one of the best coaches in the league. They're they're a dangerous team, don't you think, TP? Oh, definitely. Um, this is the wild part about it. I didn't think the Heat would be here, but now that it's like mm. you knock the numbers off, knock the numbers off of them now. So where do they come in as an eighth seed or seventh? Yeah, seed? yeah. But they're knocking off. Eight, it's, it's, eight. You're playing the Heat now. It's the Heat. They're an eighth seed, but they're the Heat now. Right. Forget them, eighth right. seed or whatever. These guys are coming out here playing with house money, and not only are they playing with house money, they doubling down and going crazy. They doubling down so crazy that they said, "Oh, effort! It's the playoffs. Butler, sit out, 
sit out, we are right. We 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 could go back one one. They got to come to Miami and right. win. And the crazy part about it is that is the worst home court advantage in sports is having to play the Heat in Miami. Everybody that plays them go down there and see the palm trees, beautiful atmosphere, and they just want to be a part of it. They're not thinking like, well, we want to roll. We got to go into the um, American Airlines Arena and still want to know. They're like, man, we about to go downtown and go crazy, go on the strip. They're like, they're thinking like that, and, and they already got that because Miami's already like, listen, we're not supposed to be here. Everybody thought Milwaukee was supposed to steamroll us, and we beat Daytel, especially with Giannis getting hurt. It helped us. So now Jimmy Butler was already in that series against the Bucks, telling Drew Holiday, one of the dogs in the league, everybody saying he's the best two-way player, I own you, and was pointing in the Raptors like, my number is up here. Look up in the Raptors. My name and number is in the Raptors. And it sure is from Marquette, from being up there in Milwaukee, got in his head and killed him. And this is what he's been doing for the past couple of years, from when he was in Philly, whether he was in Chicago, whether he was in Minnesota, proving to people that he couldn't do it, I mean, that he could do it when everybody said that he couldn't, including myself. I didn't think Butler was going to be here after losing to the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. This dude is electric, the price of admission. They are trying to let him heal as much as possible to go down to Miami, get that white heat involvement, and get the Miami fans back involved. Because if they still game three against the Knicks, this puts so much pressure on the Knicks to get game four because they don't yeah. want to go back to New York down 3-1 because the, the Heat can go right yep. back in there and steal that and rest. They can sit up there and rest and wait on the Celtics and the Sixers, however that series pans out. The Knicks have their work cut out for them. It's been an electric season for the Knicks, but if they can't go to Miami and get game three, game three is everything right now. They have to get game three. They have to. Even though it's like, of course, they still got game four, but you want that, that pressure to be on the Heat while – Butler is nursing his ankle, you know, because Butler's been unstoppable right now. This guy's been giving everybody work. Everybody's been getting it. And um, I don't think R.J. Barrett, Brunson, whoever they put in front of him can defend him. Like, he's playing that type of basketball to take everybody's uh, money, a.k.a. I'm going to start calling him Debo. I want to spend Red's money. That's, that's exactly what he's doing right now <laughs> to the Eastern Conference. I want to spend Red money. Stall him out, yeah. Debo. Listen, they're playing with house money. They're a dangerous team, man. Like, they couldn't hit a three all season, and now all of a sudden you got Vincent and, and Cuffy hitting threes left and right. Jimmy Buckets is Jimmy Buckets. I thought the Knicks did a really good job with him in the first half um, defending him, um, but then they the, – like I said, he's a smart one of the smartest coaches in the league. He figured it out and totally flipped game one on its head. And he carried that into game two, the way he, he kind of played the drop coverage, you know, letting them shoot threes because they couldn't hit threes themselves. The Knicks got bailed out. They had good games from Randall and, and Brunson, but got bailed out by Hart and Hartenstein. Hart, I mean, he one of the best players I've seen. And I said it on another show, and I, I'll say it to you, the Knicks, I have to give the front office credit because when that trade happened with Josh Hart, I think we were on a show together. I said, what the hell are the Knicks doing? This is the guy you get at the deadline. And I was absolutely wrong. This guy, is a, he is a heck of a ball player because he does everything that you need him to do. He defends. He can run the floor. He can, you know, he can finish at the rim. He, you know, he is a decent spot-up shooter. But he's a hell of a rebounder. He hustles. He doesn't. He gives you a hundred and ten percent every time. 
you know, he, he's, he's just that guy. He's a glue guy that you need. So that was a really good pickup by the Knicks. Where would they be without him right now? Because quickly can't hit a three. He hasn't shown up to the playoffs yet. R.J. Barrett's having a pretty good playoff, but he kind of went cold in the second half. You had to take him out. Um, Robinson got in foul trouble, so you couldn't depend on him. You know, like I said, Randall and, and, and Brunson are dealing with foot injuries. So, you know, thank God for Hart. And Hartenstein, not a sexy stat line, but the hustle plays really came into fruition, especially in the fourth quarter. So they did, they had to do everything in their power just to get a win at home. So that's, that's what's bothering me. That's what worries me about this team. So, um, But I, I think they can pull out this series. But it's going to be tough. I thought it was going to be a long series, and I'm not going to be disappointed. The Heat-Knicks series, I, I love it, man. It's, it's just like the old days. So um, you got some yeah. good playoff basketball. Go ahead, brother. It, it was game two was close. Game two was close. Like, the spread with Jimmy yeah. here now, the spread was nine and went to ten, and it was still close without yeah. him. Like, the Knicks are going to have to figure this out why Miami is a championship competitive team even though they weren't supposed to be here, now that war is back. People have to give Sposa his credit. Sposa is coaching his tail off for the past uh, 2010 and now 13 yeah. years. He's been doing this for 13 years. Yeah. So you better give him his yep. credit. It's only taking him Jimmy Butler now. This, this Butler's playing like the role of Wade at this point in time, you know, like not even the LeBron factor because LeBron had every, all the pieces with him. Like Butler don't have LeBron and, and – uh, Bosch and, and all these guys. He got Bam and Bam. You don't Bam is a now you see me now you don't. So for this to happen mm-hmm. on the road, get one in the garden. That's all they needed. They just have to protect home. They could they could just continue to win at home and get out of there. And, and everybody be like nobody saw this coming. This is the same situation with the the Lakers. Like we just were talking about in the Western Conference. Nobody didn't think the Lakers were going to be like this. The way that they started the season, the way that they got into the the year two thousand twenty three and. Then they started pulling it together after the trade. Once they got rid of Russell, it's like they got better. And now, you know, with the Heat surviving at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, these guys are now the threat in the Eastern Conference. Like, this is incredible, the parity across the board in the league. We're in all sports at, at that. Right, right. So, I mean, yeah, most was that dude. And Jimmy, playoff Jimmy is real. So, it, I was worried about him coming into this series. Two really close games shouldn't have been that close. It just, oh, my God. You know, I, I'm worried, but real quick, and then I, I'll, I'll have to close the shop up. Are you surprised that the Memphis Grizzlies? I mean, they they got embarrassed in Game Six. Really had an embarrassing playoff in general. Not a really great season, but already Dylan Brooks being told under no circumstances will he <laughs> he be coming back to the team. I'm not surprised that they weren't bringing him back, but you know, I mean, are you surprised how 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 this has played out for him and the Grizzlies? Farmer, where do you want me to start? I could go all across the board. So <laughs> first and foremost, first and foremost, yes. Um, you should have never, and I know this is why the Grizzlies got rid of him. You should have never said I poke bears. He's old. You are being yeah. disrespectful, dude. You don't score like twenty-four points a game. You're not that dude. Like you score on a high. Like 19 points a game. Like, and I, I feel like I'm giving you a ton of points in your average. I'm not even looking at your numbers. That's how bad the situation is. And for the past couple of years, the Grizzlies have been going to war. Dylan Brooks, you have been a no-show. They needed, y'all needed John yeah. last year. John got hurt. Who was there for the team? It wasn't you. It wasn't you. So this year, while John's going through injuries again, they need you. Jaron Jackson, you're next. Like, you're next. You won defensive player of the year. Didn't look like it. You, for your father to be a marksman shooter for the Spurs, you can hit shots, but you're not a shot maker. Like, there's a difference. Like, 
and they need you. And and as much as this hurts me to say this, because you used to be a part of my team, Stephen Adams, give it up. It's done. It's done. Like I don't know yeah. what you want to do. Like you guys are in the postseason. They need you because they need a big. You won't even try to go out there and hobble around. And even when you do, like you sit out there and act. Like you should be the the stunt double for Jason Momoa because y'all look like twins. That that's all you should do. Go into acting or something because you do not want to play basketball. You'd rather act on the floor. And they need you because this is what helped them have the run is that they had you out there on the floor and it hurt them. Uh, Josh's situation, how the whole world pummeled on him. I I I understand that he shouldn't be doing that, especially for the image that he has and him being one of the faces of the league. It was a little 22, you know, and he picked it up. It wasn't like he flashed it to, like, point it and, you know, like, whatever. But that hurt them, mm-hmm. the setback of them losing those games, so on and so forth. And um, I feel like Palmer came and got him when his, his hands got hurt and so on and so forth. It's like that's the aura of, like, doing things the wrong way. And I don't think the Grizzlies will ever get back to the height of where they were this season and last season. A lot of these teams are there in their face. The Western Conference is growing at a premium, like, I, I don't think they sit at the top. Like, Josh, the price of admission, but the rest of the team's going to have to be there, and they lose a vocal leader in Dylan Brooks because of all of the crap that he just poured himself into. People are going to want to play the Grizzlies and beat them because they know how the camera stay in front of them and they're media darlings because they got some storyline that's in front of them on a nightly basis. This is going to hurt the Grizzlies by telling Brooks that he can't come back. Once Brooks goes to whatever team, he's going to want to play them hard. He knows all of their secrets. They play on the fly. They basically play street ball to me. They don't have effective plays. They, if somebody's open, they hit the shot, or if not, it's John Iso hit a left-hand layup or dunk on whoever's in the air with you. Like, that, that's their basketball. I, I think the Grizzlies are hurt from here on out. Yeah, I mean, I you know, it's, it's a deeper problem to me that you already say at the exit interview, under no circumstances are you coming back to this team. Like, no, there's no negotiation. There's no, like, shorter deal. There's no less money. Like, you're not coming back to this team. Like, it's crazy to me. And there's obviously something going on in the background because you're you're hearing before that incident happened with Ja about everything that was going on as far as, you know, like guys like Steven Adams telling him on the plane, you know, you need to chill out and basically Ja telling him, like, go F yourself kind of thing. And it's just, like, a lot of stuff. You thought this was a model organization that was building through the draft and all this stuff, and now you got these guys that are coming in here that, what are we doing, man? Like, what's going on? And Dylan Brooks is, you know, what, sixth, seventh year, he's gone. You know, to your point, Jackson is a defensive player of the year, but who knows what's going to happen with him. Like, I don't know. This team, listen, you're right. It's all about the karma because it's like you guys came out here, you 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 took the Warriors to six games in the second round, and you act like you got a dynasty. Like you 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 hoisting up second round you know banners in your in your Raptors. Like what are we doing here? Like you haven't proven anything, and now this this team is imploding before our very eyes. It's karma. We good in the West? Are you? <laughs> like are, are you that good now? Like you good now? Like are you done? Are you done? You know what I mean? So it's like. I don't know what this team it, it you know it's it definitely is karma. They got a lot a lot of decisions to make and they got a lot of things to basically to answer for. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 a bad situation that we're not getting the whole story with, but karma. There's one guy karma, that I, you I know, like Bane. Bane. Bane is good. I love Bane. Bane is a great player. Yeah, me too. Jaws awesome. Jaws a superstar of the team, but other than them two it's like I that team is disarray from me. The acting job that Steven Adams does, I don't like that. And Jaron Jackson, 
Like, even when you float out to the perimeter and try to shoot threes, his three shot, it don't even look like he's shooting it right. Like, he jumps, and then once his jump starts to fall, like he's coming back down to the ground, he let go of the shot. It looks like you look so off shooting that. And Jaron Jackson Sr. was a marksman shooter. I don't know how. Who taught you to shoot? Because it wasn't your dad. It wasn't him. It wasn't him. So I, I don't know who fathered you. I, I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? Josh is reckless. Like, you do, like, why are you leaping from, from like, almost the foul line to, to get a layup over LeBron, like, in the playoffs? Like, we need you. Like, it, it, it's two points just the same. Like, you're, he's too reckless in the playoffs for me. At, like, you got to – I know you're exciting, but you, all these almost dunks and almost layups get you, getting you hurt. You ain't that big. You're not – you know what I mean? It's like – and everything you do, you need to calm down on the court and off the court. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, even – I don't care what excuse you make with the gun. Like, dude, you put yourself in a bad situation, my right. brother. Like, mm-hmm. like at the end of the day, play basketball to get out of that life. You don't play basketball to get into that life. You're not built like that. Nobody wants to go to the NBA to, to get into trouble. Like, you go to the NBA to get out of the trouble. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. slow down. Mm-hmm. Like, like brand new being said, slow down. Like, mm-hmm. you reckless. Yeah, on the court and off the court. It's going to be a long off season for these guys. And I really hope that they get it together. Man. That's, that's what I hope and pray because, you know, Ja is exciting. He is fun to watch. But it's not fun when, when – you know when the old homies ain't having that. No, I'm just kidding. But no, you gotta you gotta be smart, man. You gotta be. But um, listen, I'm done. I'm I, I, I put a fork in it. We 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 ran through all the sports, man. We ran through. Who think when they talk about was like tennis or something? My mom was watching tennis all weekend at my house. Like I ain't watched so much tennis in my life. I can't even tell you what I was watching. But, I'll tell you. I'll tell you about um, tennis. You ready about tennis? I'll give, give you tennis. You, you ready? I'll give you tennis. You ready? <laughs> I know you could. That's why you thought no, 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 no. it's, it's simple. Look, look, look. This is how bad it fell off of me for tennis. Serena Williams is pregnant. Oh, somebody had That's to do it. it. Somebody, I, somebody, no, no, I, she, I no, she already I, had a child by the guy. Her husband, they already had this is her second child. I know, I, I know. I know, but still, like, that's that's a long-term investment right there. Like, nah, listen, uh, let me stop. Are you silly? Well, let me stop. Let me stop. Uh, listen, always a pleasure, man. Always a pleasure doing the show with you, man. Uh, shout out to our sponsor, PHI Apparel. Get to their website. Uh, get Use the promo code CHEF. Get uh, 15% off that order. Get that Philadelphia 76ers gear, you know what I'm saying? So, um, shout out to them. Um, probably be doing a show next week talking NFL draft recap, giant style with uh, New York Giants fan girl Adriana. So, um, Adriana Alfola. So, be on the lookout for that. We're, we're going to connect and do some stuff. Sirius has got some stuff he's going to do with, about the Steelers. Um, we always cook it. We always bake it around here. The gumbo probably tomorrow night. So, make sure you check that out with Chandler. And um, Chandler and, and Mike Harvey, congratulations to Chandler. Uh, one of our chefs just bought a house, so I, I don't want to put his business out there. But you know, uh, congratulations to the to the big homie. TP, always a pleasure, man. Get us out of here. You know how we do. Excellent work, man. You got me out of my seat. I'm up here talking about the lines. He's talking about slow down, slow down. Let him talk about our job. I'm like, boy, you don't know. I'm from <laughs> round one to round seven. I'm going crazy. My head is revving. 
Um, I'm telling you, sports is at a premium right now, especially in the month of May. Um, baseball's coming around. My boys just lost again to the freaking White Sox. This is incredible. This is what I'm talking about. Bardelli. Bardelli. Putting in, yeah. I'm telling you, people, I can go crazy about these boys. I, I, I can do it every single day of the week. I can just talk about my teams alone. I could just do that. I can do that, but I can't. I'll try my best to get away from my bias. I'll I try. So hard, I, I swear, just for y'all, man. But, Barry, thank you for everything that we've been doing, man, day in and day out, week in and week out, for real. Shout out to the Jordans, for real. And um, for everybody that's been showing us the love across the board, thank you so much. I could have been anywhere else in the world, but y'all are here with the chefs. On that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. Sports City, Sports City, chefs, chefs. Sports City, Sports City, chefs, chefs. Sports City, Sports City, chefs. Chef, Sports City, Sports City, Chef. Sports City Chefs is in the room. Cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, bloom like a flower in June. Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the Sports City Chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Uh-huh.